No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Sure, they may have won their fifth game in a row. Sure, they may have improved to 16-6-0 on home ice. But the topic of the conversation to lead off the show today, Dave, has to be, what's wrong with Josh Morrissey? (laughs) (laughs) Good afternoon, Winnipeg. Good afternoon, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this afternoon on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good afternoon, universe. And welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manuk. I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets fifth straight victory this one by a 7-4 margin over the Vancouver Canucks and of course that Morrissey comment was said tongue firmly in cheek as he did not register a point which is of course a surprise when that doesn't happen given the tear that he's been on so far this year and when the Jets get seven goals (laughs) and Josh Morrissey doesn't get a point that certainly raises some eyebrows but no I don't think there's anything wrong with Josh Morrissey. Dave good afternoon nice to see you uh, on this Sunday afternoon to uh, Revel in the yet another Winnipeg Jets victory. Break it all down here on the Betway, uh, the Betway post game show. Well, it's funny the you said in your opening comment, Drew. It Jets being at Canada Life is a place to be again because the Jets only win there. Sixteen mm-hmm. wins out of twenty two games. I mean, it's a it's a pretty impressive stat that you and I were going over beforehand, and it didn't look. I mean, it started off like it was the Jets were going to be a house on fire with. With a bit of a flipping of the script, right? We, we've talked about mm-hmm. this. It's been a common theme throughout the course of these broadcasts, whether it's a Saturday show or whether it's the post-game shows, the Jets' slow starts against teams. And you didn't want, you know, afternoon games are a little different animal. But regardless, it was, uh, you know, we're not sure how the Jets were going to come out. And sure enough, they came out with uh, a, a good amount of fire. But I think your tweet summed it up best and it didn't as if they didn't think the Canucks had any ability to come back in this game because they did take their foot off the gas. And I would suggest that David Riddich did not, did not have a very good game for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, he got lucky with that offside, because mm-hmm. had it not been an offside, it was a terrible goal. And shouldn't <laughs> have run in. Goal. So yeah. first shot of the game for the Canucks, and it was it was, it was, it was a pretty bad, pretty bad uh, effort by David Riddich to stop it. So look, at the end of the day, you're, you're again, you've got, I mean, it's interesting. This is one of those games you got to give credit for the top line. I mean, they were yeah. phenomenal, and we'll go over that throughout the course of the game. I actually thought Morgan Barron had a very good game for the Winnipeg Jets um, and his line, and then you got contributions from everybody, right? Kevin Stenland mm-hmm. contributed. Axel Janssen Fielby contributed. But the, the interesting thing was, I actually was, like, wondering what's going on with this. You could see the Shifley, Wheeler, Perfetti line just still, and I, I'm not blaming Mark Shifley in this instance because you can just see that Blake Wheeler and, and Cole Perfetti. I mean, at one point I looked, Cole Perfetti had played nine minutes and 24 seconds and Kyle Connor played nine minutes and, tw- and 21 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you what Cole Perfetti had done on the ice in his nine minutes. Not nothing to my mind. It was interesting. Because, and again, I'm not blaming him. I understand where yeah. he's at and how it's going to take some time. It's just something that's notable in the sense that you just had a guy who is, you can see that he's just, his timing isn't there and their timing isn't there. They're trying to make little plays that just aren't working. Nikolai Ehlers is lucky because he's with two guys who are just humming along. And so realistically, you put someone with Nikolai Ehlers' talent, I mean, we'll get into that goal that he set up to to start things off for Kyle Connor, but there's a little bit more of latitude, a little more leeway for someone like Nikolai Ehlers, whereas Mark Shifley now is having to account for two guys who have 
to shake off the rust. And you look, you're seeing it more and more and you're seeing these guys and the professionals and they'll, they'll get to it. But for right now, Drew, that's that you can just still see that element in the, in their games. I think I would agree with that comment. And it's sort of similar to the, how the year started where, you know, they, they didn't really have next necessarily that connectivity that comes mm-hmm. with, with, with playing together and with being familiar with one another. And then it got better. And then of course the injury bug bit uh, that line with Wheeler and, and Perfetti in particular. And I think it'll take them a little bit more time to, again, find that familiarity and find that connectivity and get back into the sort of the, the routine of, of being a solid line. But when you have the top line, when you have Connor Ehlers and Dubois going mm-hmm. like they were going tonight, the Jets didn't necessarily need that that second line uh, to to perform up to snuff to perform at it at its uh, at its peak uh, skill set, and they didn't. But the Jets obviously were still able to uh, pull out the seven four victory because the Canucks had no response to Connor Dubois and Ehlers. Not, I shouldn't say they had no response. They did have a response. They just had no they had no uh, capability of shutting down that line. To the Canucks' credit. They did respond when they were down 2 nothing, And they did respond when they were down 4-2 uh, in, in the course of the game. And it came back twice from being down two goals. But they just could not stop Ehlers and Connor and Dubois, who I believe combined for 10 points in tonight's game. Maybe it was even 11. I, I, I lost track of, the, of all the goals and all the points that line was generating. And the Canucks just... Had no op, uh, you know, had had no answer for them, and the Jets would happily uh, say thank you very much and, and leave tonight's game with a seven-four win. Look, there's probably not a lot about this game in the first forty minutes that that Rick Bonus is going to like. The Jets were a little bit loose. I thought they were a little cavalier, especially as they took those two goal leads. You know, you know, I think they thought that Vancouver would just wilt and go home. Uh, but the Canucks didn't. And I, I, you referenced my tweet and this was after I tweeted this in the first period after Vancouver tied it up at two, the Jets started playing as if Vancouver was just going to pack their bags and and head home. The Jets got sloppy. The Jets got a little bit loose. The Jets got a little bit, uh, just, just not clicking on all cylinders and Vancouver took advantage of that. And this is a Vancouver team that had come back in recent games. It was Thursday night, as I referenced uh, earlier uh, on Twitter. It was Thursday night that Vancouver came back from being down 2-0 to Colorado and ended up winning 4-2. So I'll give the Jets credit in that they were able to sort of stem the tide of Vancouver feeling good about themselves, and the Jets were able to you know to expand that lead again. But you never like giving up two two-goal leads in the course of a game like they did today. So there's going to be uh, some learning opportunities uh you know when the jets talk about today's game and in addition in that third period the jets are going to like how they played that third because they were dominant in that third period and took the game home uh when they when they started the third up that one goal and expanded it and david riddick who was shaky through the first 40 minutes really played his best period in that third period, making a number of key saves particularly on the power play as the Canucks were trying to get back in the game Dave well, and, and look, they, they got things that they needed. You needed a guy like Axel Janssen Fialbi to finish because that was one mm-hmm. of the things we've talked about significantly throughout. I mean, it's just his third goal with the Jets, but that was one of those things, Drew, that you wanted to see happen. And really, it, it prevented it from being a mirror image period for the Winnipeg Jets and the Vancouver Canucks where the Jets scored two, gave up two, scored two, gave up two. And you didn't want, if you're a Jets fan, to see that happen and Axel Janssen Fialbi with that goal allowed the Jets to kind of breathe a little bit. And mm-hmm. obviously they knew they had to come out and play a better third period because they hadn't, but you know, and look, 
I think it's good news for them that they were able to come out and play a, a better, have a better start because that was one of those things that we've been talking about is absolutely critical for this Jets club to not have these lazy starts because not lazy, but you know what I mean? Like these yeah, slow, slow starts. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a testament to the team. And, and one of the guys who I think was, you know, looking great out there. And again, it, it's only his second game in a row. And obviously fourth of the season is Nikolai Ehlers because you can see already. I mean, remember, his mind, his speed, everything is working so fast. I mean, you saw it on his on his his goal, but like mm-hmm. you can just see the way he processes the game, and it's and it takes a few seconds to to get his body and his mind and uh, you know all caught up to everything. But it, you know, it was a good atmosphere for for Jets fans, and we should start by acknowledging what they did in advance of the game. You know, especially just passing Ukrainian Christmas, yes. the Jets honored the uh, Ukrainian under twenty five hockey team who are playing the University of Manitoba Bisons. They're on a Western Canadian tour yeah. right now uh, that's tomorrow night if you're looking for something to do a great cause to support that game tomorrow night so uh yeah. uh, a legal curve seal of approval if you're looking for something to do on a monday night uh check that game out tomorrow out tomorrow yeah. night for a great cause it can't stop hockey can't stop playing or the can't stop hockey tour that mm-hmm. is you know working its way through western canada and uh they were honored before the game uh by jets fans uh, in the well the jets and the fans in the building so that was a real nice way to to start things off and then they had the uh the um the three ladies i can't remember what their name their band is called or whatever they're 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 obviously they're wearing ukrainian garb so i'm not entirely certain what the name is i thought some folks said in the press box it would have been good to have Husili uh sing the anthem that would have been amazing actually but they i thought they those those three did very good job and uh obviously a uh, nice testament to to the folks that are um are traveling around and raising support and raising awareness for what's going on in ukraine so a uh, nice way to to start the game by honoring them and everybody giving them a a nice stand around round of applause uh, for uh, them. And then throughout the course of the game, you could see them and people waving the Ukrainian flags. And there was throughout the, oh, Lyra, thank you, Spencer Sutton. And I was going to say the trio is called Lyra. Thank you, Bailey, the intern. But uh, no, what I was going to say is, and they also had, uh, I, lo- I know a lot of the, um, there was a lot of donation opportunities throughout the course of the game, whether mm-hmm. it was the 50, I don't know if they did the 50, 50, I know the Oilers did that. I'm sure the Jets yeah. probably did too. And there were opportunities like you could scan a barcode and, and donate. So anyways, good, good, good way to start to, to recognize a, a real good cause and to let these young men um, experience something. I mean, I'm sure it must be just wonderful for them to be able to travel through North America. And, and it was a nice, nice to see Dave and Wayne Babbage, the Babbage brothers, mm-hmm. uh, part of the opening ceremony. And uh, it's funny because I saw Dave, I saw Dave Babbage when I walked through the uh, press box and I was like, man, that mustache is still killer. <laughs> it's still a killer mustache. So anywho, uh, real good cause. And if you want to support them, you can go out tomorrow night and watch that game. Yeah, as Gregory Liverpool uh, mentioned in the chat, you can see it on the screen. $15 tickets, no ticket master fees. So a great cause to support tomorrow. Keep the uh, good feelings going when it comes to hockey here in this fair city. Uh, Jets, 7-4 victors uh, this afternoon over the Vancouver Canucks. They played the Canucks, uh, I think, what did I say? They played them just over three uh, 22 days. They played the Canucks uh, three times in the last 22 days. That's a nice little bomb. What's that? That's a nice little bomb for any, what ails you. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and they've scored 16 goals uh, against the Canucks in the, la- in the last in the three games over the last 22 days. So the Jets very much enjoy playing Vancouver. They won't face them again this year. Uh, obviously, the Canucks don't look like they're going to be a playoff team, and and you know, uh, so that this is the end of the season series against the Canucks, but a season series that the Jets absolutely dominated as they have over the last uh, number of years. In fact, uh, the Jets have really had Vancouver's number, and they had it again 
today. So let's get into the Betway game recap, Mr. Manuk. It's brought to you, of course, by our friends at Betway, uh, you know, uh, where the, of course, your best betting options are available, courtesy of our friends at Betway. And I'll read more of that later on as we get into things on the post-game show here. Kyle Connor opens the scoring at the 622 mark of the first period. And you're going to hear this a lot in the course of today's game. It's his 18th of the year assist to Nikolai Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois. It starts by a clean zone entry by Ehlers, a give and go between Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, Dubois gets the puck at the point, puts it back in deep to Ehlers. Ehlers uh, draws all the attention to him. But when you draw all the attention uh, to Ehlers and you leave Kyle Connor all alone, you're making a mistake. He hits Connor in the slot, and Connor alone in slot usually ends up poorly for the opposition. It did in this instance, giving the Jets the early one nothing lead, Dave. Well, and, and Drew, while you were detailing the first goal, I was reading uh, the comments that are being coming out of the press, out of the media availability. And yeah. uh, Murat, our friend Murat Ates of The Athletic, is saying that he asked Nikola Ehlers when he first saw Kyle Connor so he could make that terrific pass. And you're like, because it was a phenomenal pass. And his it response was a, is amazing. Yeah. He didn't. He just knew <laughs> Kyle Connor would be there. That's Nikolai Ehlers' comment because, and you can see that, right? And that's, and that's the sign of an amazing hockey player is that the anticipation, you know, they know where they're going to be. They have an idea where they're going. And, you know, that whether he did or didn't, you know, have any sort of inkling, it was an impressive play all around. It was a beautiful pass and a beautiful ability to draw them the, because you can't leave Nikolai Ehlers alone. Yep. And so you draw, he draws them in and sure enough, Kyle Connor is in snipe city mode. And, and it was funny because, you know, after, and I'm not going to jump ahead too soon, but it felt like someone was going to win hundred K as a result, at least if uh, the way things were going for Kyle Connor and he could have had that by the second period with the amount of chances he had. So uh, Kyle Connor, you know, no doubter on that chance. And, and, and suddenly, and it, again, it's, it's one of those situations where the jets get a good start and the building is into it. And people mm-hmm. are excited and people are animated. And that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly right. The Jets had a great start to the game. That's exactly what you want against a, a weaker opponent. And this is a Jets team that really hadn't had great starts uh, for a lot of the last month or so. You know, they, the, the starts had been slow. The start it had taken the Jets 8, 10 minutes to get into the flow of the game. Wasn't the case today. Vancouver seems like they tie it up. On, and we referenced it. And it was a bad goal. But fortunately for the Jets, it's disallowed on a blatant offside. The video review took all of about you know eight seconds to see that it was clearly offside. But maybe that was a harbinger of things to come as it referred as it related to the goaltending effort in tonight's game, because this is a, a as bad of a goal as you're going to see at the NHL level. It doesn't end up counting, but maybe it was a sign of things that maybe it's going to be a bit of a long day for the goaltenders on both sides of things. But regardless, Jets still lead one nothing. They make it two nothing. It takes a minute and thirty seven seconds later to make it two nothing. It's Connor, his nineteenth, his second in the first eight minutes of the game. So as you referenced, you thought somebody was going to win a million dollars in in today's game. He gets an assist to Kevin Stenlin and Pierre Luc Dubois. It starts in the Jets D zone with mm-hmm. Pierre Luc Dubois taking a hit to make a play. He yep. gets it up the boards to Stenland and Stenland uh, finds a streaking Kyle Connor and he made uh, Tyler Myers just look a little bit silly, but he would have made a lot of defensemen look silly on this play, blowing past uh, the former Jets defenseman and beating uh, Colin Delia to make it two nothing for the Jets at this point. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it's it's a no, it's almost a no-doubter. You can see when Kyle Connor is playing at that level and you're sitting there going, okay, mm-hmm. so he could win someone 100K, maybe a million dollars. He could also hit, I mean, he's uh, he's very close to a lot of milestones, 200 goals, 200 assists, 400 points. I mean, and and again, like I said, it, it's possible he's going to hit it all in this game, which is quite wild. But I mean, it, it really is. And and the funny thing is, Drew, remember, we're talking about Kyle Connor, who's still on pace for, I think, a 98-point season. Yeah. He, had, he had 93 last year. He's on pace for 98 uh, this year. And it's interesting because it's one of those situations where, for remember, he had what? He had two goals, one of which was an empty netter in the first, was it 16 games? Of the season, or at least, yeah, at least he had like, nothing five on five. It, 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 he, yeah. was, he was snake bit five on five for, but a I mean, for how long? For, it was at least like it was at least it felt like 12 to 15 games of the season. I feel like the yeah. number is 14, 16, whatever it is, for a long time. In that in the first quarter part of the season, Kyle Connor wasn't scoring, he was still pointing at points because he was still getting assists. But the crazy part is he's still on pace for over 40 goals this season. So, I mean, despite the fact that in he, bunches, well, sure, but I mean, and it's you know, the, the amazing thing for Kyle Connor is the fact that. It's shocking to think that that was only his fourth career uh, short uh, um, hat trick. I'm getting ahead yeah. of myself, of course, but uh, you know, and the Jets. Speaking of hat tricks, they have five already this year. They're they're high for a team. And remember, folks, and I don't have to remind you because everyone remembers for many many years to start this uh, this, mm-hmm. this this Jets 2.0 uh, reintroduction to Winnipeg. There were no hat tricks. And and until, then, not until Brian Little on that Friday night against no. the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was the Penguins. I could be wrong, but isn't it Colorado? Uh, no, it could be Colorado. Uh, but I was right with Brian Little, though, right? I, I'm yeah, it was sure Brian. It was, Brian yeah, it was Little. it was Little had the first one, and then um, Matthew Perot had the next one, which was a four goal one where he screwed uh, Gail out of her yeah. million dollars. <laughs> Sorry, Gail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I maybe you're right, Drew. I, I thought. I know Blake Wheeler had a hat trick against the Penguins. I could be wrong about the team it was against. I thought I it was Colorado. I, I thought it was Colorado, but you might maybe, be right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. No, I I'm think you're right, right now. Col- in hindsight, I think you might be right about Colorado. But oh, Colorado six two. Okay, but I got the yep. I got the, I got Brian Little right. So I got you I got, got Brian marks. Little right. Yeah, half marks for that. Uh, two nothing for the Jets at that point in time. So things are going well. You think this game's over, given uh, the struggles the Canucks have had this year? Well, the Canucks fought back. They showed a mm-hmm. good amount of intestinal fortitude, fighting back uh, all within the first period. Still, so it was certainly a high-scoring first period. Uh, comes at the fifteen fourteen mark. You can see the after the Jets made it two nothing, the game sort of turned a little bit. The Jets stopped skating. They were loose. They were a little bit soft on the puck. The plays weren't crisp. The plays weren't. Uh, what they needed to be. They just weren't what they needed to be at the NHL level. And, you know, for the most part, any opponent is going to try and take advantage of that and uh, successfully do so. And JT Miller gets the Canucks on the scoreboard, his 15th of the season, uh, assist to Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko. Miller and Pettersson, I thought, were dangerous all game for the Canucks. And it starts by uh, Pettersson forcing a turnover, lifting the stick on Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then it's a bit of a goal mouth scramble at that point in time. And uh, JT Miller is able to sort of poke it through um, uh, David Riddick to uh, cut the Jets lead in half uh, with about uh, just over five minutes, just less than five minutes to go in the first period. Well, they say you've got to maintain control of your stick on a high staking penalty, but you also have to maintain of it, maintain it in the defensive zone. And Pierre-Luc mm-hmm. Dubois was guilty of of one-handing it, unfortunately for him. And you know, Patterson is too good a player to to allowed to have sort of that sort of opportunity. So he recognizes, like I said, an opportunity lifts the stick and then gets it over. And yeah, you're right. I, I mean, 
not a great goal, but it's not like a it's not a horrible one. You're not you're sitting there going, it's a bit of a scramble. Yeah. So yeah. you're kind of like, okay, it's not 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 fantastic, but it's mm. not great defense by the Jets. I mean, that's right. what it comes down to. And you're right, Drew. The Jets were loose. You could see it. It was almost a bit of a sag in the in the way they played. Like they're up to nothing. You know, they're feeling good. They've won four in a row at this point. They're thinking, mm-hmm. well, you know, this one's a bit of a cakewalk. And you're right. I mean, I, I maybe they didn't have the Colorado Avalanche reality in their mind despite what you had in your mind. And so yeah. sure enough, it's it, the lead is cut to 2-1 and suddenly the... <laughs> I, the- I had that in my mind because I had bet on Colorado in that game and I was really happy when they were up 2 nothing. <laughs> I went to bed and I woke up and all of a sudden Vancouver won 4-2. I was like, what the hell just happened? Come on, my friends at Betway, throw me a bone here. Well, and it's funny, Derek Richards just made a point that I, I had tweeted out earlier in the day. I, yeah. He said, Derek saying for those who are listening to the podcast, the Jets are no longer under 100 goals against the last ones in the West. I tweeted this morning saying that the Jets and the Bruins are the last two teams with uh, having uh, given up less than 100 goals. The Jets had given up 99 coming into today's game. The Bruins, 87. But uh, perhaps I jinxed the Jets because they, they gave up a few more than, uh, than, than zero to keep them under 100. Yeah, so at some point in time, it was going to happen. There's no question about that. Yes, you are the jinx uh, that you are, Mr. Manuk. We say good afternoon, good evening to everyone. This is the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you as we are talking about the Jets' 7 4 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. The game recap is brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds what are you waiting for head on over to betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly so it's 2-1 at this point in time for the jets you wonder you know the canucks goal is that going to turn the tide or the jets going to sort of snap back into how they played through the first 10 minutes of the game well the answer for the jets is no Vancouver continues to take it to them, and they tie it at the 17:33 mark of the first period. Uh, Jake Studnika, his third of the year, assists to Luke Shen and Dakota Joshua. It's a point shot uh, by by Shen, and uh, Dylan Demello is not able to tie up the stick of Studnika, uh, or Studnika is able to sort of shed Dylan Demello. You can look at it both ways. And yeah. uh, and it's a tip, and it's a nice tip, and he beats Riddick. And I didn't really have a problem with this goal being given up by Riddick. It's a pretty good play by the Canucks, and the Jets are 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 made to pay for again being a little loose, a little casual, a little laissez-faire in their own zone. Yeah, and you could see that. And you're right, Riddick was his response was like just a second behind it. You could see in his reaction time that he was just a second. He wasn't anticipating that it was going to be uh, redirected up and over him. And and look. Yeah, you don't like those because the defense are losing body position and and allowing you know him to get his stick in the lane and and create that. And um, I think it was kind of a wake up call for the Winnipeg Jets. They needed a bit of it, mm-hmm. not that it really helped because they didn't really start the second particularly well. But I think it was again a bit of a reminder, like, hey, this is the NHL, and despite the fact that you know your opponent is down, they they still have some guys who can burn you. You know, they still got some guys who can put the puck in the back of the net, and so. It may, you know, if you're the Jets, do you really want to get into a game that's going to be a an eight seven nine eight sort of uh, situation? You know, yeah. not 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 the way you've played to date. The way you've t- played to date, and I'm sure Rick Bonus, you know, while happy to get two points, won't be happy with the way his team played defensively. You know, whether it's his goaltender or his team defensively, there were there were a lot of things. There's a lot of video I think to be taken away from this game. This isn't one you just put away. This is the one where you're like, listen, guys, this is where we're breaking down. 
And it was little plays because even Drew before that goal tra- took place, like the Jets were were in an okay position yeah. along the wall, and then they just everybody was like a step behind, and the Canucks were able to get it back to the point and fire it on on net. And sure, like I said, a redirect goal is a redirect goal. You don't you're not going to kill Redditch over that one. Yeah. But it's it's again it's a def- Jets defensive structure that you don't like in that instance. I agree. I agree with that. There's everything about the last sort of 10 minutes of that first period you don't really like from the uh, from the Winnipeg Jets perspective. And I think they were happy to get into the dressing room at that point in time just sort of to recalibrate before uh before it spiraled further out of control to all after 20 minutes. Uh quick update on the out of town scoreboard. It's a final uh, in Dallas, the Dallas Stars 5-1 victors over the Florida Panthers. Uh, so the uh, Stars will leapfrog the Jets back into first place in the Central Division. That's based on points by points percentage. The Jets are still ahead of the Stars. Of Jets' victory on Tuesday in Detroit means that Rick Bonus will be behind the bench at the All-Star game, no matter what happens with Dallas. So a Jets win on Tuesday uh, will make Rick Bonus the uh, head coach for the Central Division team at the All-Star game. And I bet you the players know that. And I bet you that's a little bit of a motivating factor for them because they want to do it for their head coach because they really seem to respect this guy through and through. Andrew, there's, there's two things that are hilarious. Number one, Rick yeah. Bonus doesn't even like he he was there was so much <laughs> disdain from Rick Bonus with respect to the All-Star game, not wanting to talk about it, not saying I don't even watch the weekend. So yeah. that would be rather hilarious. And more importantly, wouldn't he be going up against Paul Maurice? Because isn't the uh or, or sorry, no. it's in Florida. No, he wouldn't be going up against Paul Maurice because the Panthers are basically a non-playoff team. Yeah. But it's in Florida. So it, it means, is in Florida. I, it adds a little bit of irony to it, the fact that the Jets head coach would be coaching in Florida against, you know, not against Paul Maurice. Because of course his Panthers team is terrible or yeah. are terrible, but uh, yeah, it's it it there's there's some humor attached to the potential for Rick Bonus if he goes to the uh, All Star game. Although I suspect he doesn't want to. Uh, I suspect he'll he'll you know th- there's worse ways to spend a weekend than than in Florida. Nonetheless, I think he'll El suck Boca it up Vista. and go there. Yeah, Sunrises. Exactly. Ezzy and I have spent a nice a nice couple of days in Sunrise back in 2015. When you guys uh, the go went there, like, do, how does it work? Do, do you apply the sunblock to him first, or does he apply it to you first? Like, what's the what's the sort of organization when it comes to the sunscreen uh, application? I'm trying to think if we had a beach day. We did because I probably got pictures of Ezzy doing various things, which would be hilarious, not for public consumption. Maybe actually, maybe it is for public consumption. All of our pictures of Ezzy are for public consumption, but. Uh, uh, no, there's definitely no, I, I'm trying to think actually what I've given as an assist vent skin cancer. You got to take these things seriously, Drew. So I'm sure I would have just, you know, gritted my teeth and done what I needed to do. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. If That's we, a wild, as, as you, as, as one of your expressions, that would be a wild ride. That would oh, be a would wild be, ride it, you applying sunscreen to Ezra. Let me tell you, it, it would have, it would have for sure. But, uh, you know, that was 2015. It was a different time. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. I'll have to ask Ezzy. He'll, he'll, Ezzy has a memory for those sort of things. I tend to repress those memories. Yeah, you've been in therapy trying to repress those yeah, for a exactly. while. Uh, two all after 20 minutes. The Jets uh, extend the lead. They 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 take the lead again, 3-2 at the 340 mark of the second period. Nikolai Ehlers, his first of the year, finally. But, of course, he's been injured for the entire time. Ehlers is first from Brendan Dillon and Pierre-Luc Dubois. And it's... You know, he picks up a loose puck and then he just sort of does what Nikolai Ehlers does is skate around. But Vancouver, I just don't know what the defensive approach to Vancouver here is. There's so many things that they do poorly here. 
Ehlers takes the puck and he's going around sort of the, at the boards and he goes around the net and he comes back out. And Colin Delia is playing so deep in his own net that, that you know, that I think he's expecting maybe a wraparound. And then by the time the wraparound doesn't come, he's out of position and he's too deep. But there's no Canucks defenders on that side of the ice. So Ehlers is coming around to the left of Delia. Mm-hmm. Comes around the net, so he's on Delia's left. And you look at the replay there, and there's like three or four Canucks on the right side of the, of the ice, right. and, and maybe one up at the point on the left. But Ehlers has nothing but time and space, and he's just able to you know deposit it into the Canucks' net. It's ugly. You go back and watch that video. That's ugly defending by the Canucks. I know that Nikolai Ehlers is fast, and I know that Nikolai Ehlers is shifty, and he and, he, and he's a tremendously talented player. But, man, alive, you can't give him that time and space uh, to be able to get a goal, and that's certainly what he did. Yeah, and I like Kenny's comment here. You see that kind of goal in beer league hockey, not yeah. necessarily NHL. But I agree. I think Colin Delia misplayed that. I think he was anticipating that Nikolai Ehlers wasn't going to go wide. I think he was expecting a, a tight wraparound, and which mm-hmm. is the reason why he did what he did, because he made himself small. And he made yeah. himself like, you know. Deep it, in the it, net. He, yeah, deep. So it was it was unusual. And then Ehlers is able to, of course, go wide. And he has just a lethal shot along the, the lines of a Cal Connor. And, and, you know, you could just... First of all, the building was just, you know, erupted when Nikolai Ehlers scored one because I think fans were a little nervous based on the fact that it, a two nothing game was two two, mm-hmm. and so Nikolai Ehlers makes it three two, and there's just nothing but excitement uh, for him to be able to score in his, you know, first game or second game uh, back since injury. So a good a good night for uh, Nikolai Ehlers overall because you could see the rust again shedding a little bit. And it's easy when you're playing with two guys who are going the way they are in Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. But Nikolai Ehlers is, he's exactly what we anticipated Nikolai Ehlers would be mm-hmm. to that line, which is a, a, a huge compliment because now it just becomes, it just becomes all that much more dangerous, right? Because right. now they've got everything. They've got the the strength of Pierre-Luc Dubois. They've got the, um, the, uh, you know, the dexterity of, of Kyle Connor and, and, and Nikolai Ehlers, it, it's just unbelievable the, the different ways that line can burn you. And, of course, the the shots by all three. You've got the heavy shot of, of Pierre-Luc Dubois, and then you've got the accuracy of the other two. So um, just a just, not a great goal to be scored to, to give up, but a mm-hmm. huge lift for the Winnipeg Jets and the fans in the building. Yeah, exactly right. So another sign that Ehlers is shaking the rust off after missing so many games with the injury. And like you said, that line is dynamic already, and it's going to be even more dynamic as they continue to get uh, familiarity with one another. Uh, The Jets extend the lead back to 4-2. So they got their second two-goal lead of the game. It comes off of the stick of Morgan Barron at the 534 mark of the second period. Assist to Adam Lowry and Brendan Dillon. And again, like it's a great stretch pass from Dylan to Adam Lowry, who comes in all alone. But where is the Canucks defense? What are they defending? They're defending the, the boards. I mean, and you know, admittedly, I'll have to go back to see if maybe they were in the midst of a line change or something to explain it. But terrible defense. Lowry walks right in. Delia makes the save here, but. Lowry gets his own rebound sort of behind the goal line and feeds Morgan Barron, who's coming in a little bit as the trailer, and nobody touches Barron, and Barron is able to get his second in as many games for the Jets uh, to give them the 4-2 lead, Dave. Yeah, and I thought Morgan Barron overall, uh, you know, the goal is obviously nice, but I actually thought he had an excellent game. I thought he was good on the penalty kill, and I thought you you saw you saw and heard from him quite a bit. And like I said, Cole Perfetti wasn't one of those situations where you really, and again, I'm not, 
picking on Cole Perfetti because I, I have all the time in the world for him. I just think he's, you can see that he's not there yet in terms yeah. of his, of his uh, shaking off that rust. But I thought Morgan Barron was excellent. I thought he was throughout the course of the game. And I thought, yeah, it's funny because we didn't really know in the press box, it was hard to see who made that stretch pass originally. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't sure. Was it, was it Nate Schmidt? Was it Brendan Dillon? But it was just a, a phenomenal pass by Dylan. And look, he wrecked good for good on him, right? I mean, he recognized an opportunity with the, the Canucks not, you know, taking up the middle. And, yeah. you know, it led to, of course, Adam Lowry, who we've detailed as having a, a, you know, a career year in terms of points. So Adam Lowry, you know, and, and you've got to give him credit because he could have, okay, you know what? I didn't score and, and sag. And instead he doesn't, he takes the puck out, finds Morgan Barron and the Canucks, defense right now if yeah. you can call them that they're standing around watching so Baron don't standing pick up Baron as, as the trailer no, and the most dangerous guy is often the trailer and yeah. you see it on the DeMello goal as well for that matter but uh, right. you don't pick up the trailer and 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 good things uh, tend to happen bad things tend to happen for the defense so it's a good yeah so it's a good reward for Morgan Baron because he's been doing a lot of the things right and he's you can see his confidence is, is gaining and mm-hmm. most importantly from a Jets perspective what have we talked about Drew you need three lines that can score. And if Adam Lowry's line is scoring, well, that's a massive thing for the Winnipeg Jets and uh, and the fans. Yeah, absolutely. So 4-2 for the Jets. And you wonder, okay, now 4-2, you're almost halfway through the game. <laughs> Are you going to be okay? Are you going to be able to take it home? Well, they certainly weren't. In fact, it wasn't quite halfway through the game. You were only at about the 25-minute mark. But it takes the Canucks uh, at the 7.05 mark of the second period. They cut the lead in half again. Credit to Vancouver for fighting back, fighting back, fighting back. Bo Horvat, his 29th of the year. And I'm not saying it's because he had dinner next to me last night. But I'm not saying that it's not. that's not the reason reason why but maybe we very well may have been his 29th assist to JT Miller and Ethan Bear and, and it's a great shot by by uh, Bo Horvat who's a di- dynamic dynamite goal scorer and if he gets to the trade if he's you know made available on the trade block he's going to fetch an absolute king's ransom but Bo Horvat just absolutely comes in and, and it doesn't look like a dangerous play it doesn't look like this should be a scoring opportunity and I'm of both minds that it's an excellent shot and an excellent goal. But at the same time, I also think that it's one that David Riddick shouldn't let in because it's short side. And you never want to get beat short side as good of a shot as it was short side, top corner, basically bar down. A tremendous shot by Horvath to cut the Jets lead from 4-2 to 4-3. Well, Drew, I think I, the bigger question is where were you for dinner, fancy guy? I was well, so I was went out for dinner with uh, my wife and my cousin and her partner, uh, and we were at Nola, and it was Sam Gagne, Bo Horvath, Luke Shen, because of course Gagne playing last year with the yeah. Canucks or having time spent time with Vancouver. It was Gagne, Shen, Horvath, and somebody else whose back was to me, so I couldn't see who it was uh, having dinner at the table next to me. But uh, do you think that they, do you think Sam Gagne was sitting there going, "Hey, is that true from a legal curve?" There's no question in my mind that's. In fact, I overheard the conversation, and uh, and that's and that's what they were talking about in depth. They were talking about the post game show and everything else. Uh, so yes, it was a lot. Lovely dinner. Get the shout out to the good people at NOLA uh, for uh, keeping me well-fed and keeping us all well-fed. But uh, there's also uh, those guys were having dinner there as well. Wow. Drew, a little NOLA. Well, uh, <laughs> let's get back to the uh, let's get back to the goal. I, I yeah. mean, I didn't think it was a good goal. I mean, look, you got to give Horvat credit. It's a great shot, but there's no obstruction. I didn't. I thought maybe originally you want to give Riddich a little bit of, uh, of credit and think maybe the defenseman stick got in on that. But in the end, 
it was just a goal that doesn't go in. It shouldn't go in. And right. and you've got the lead and you're, you need, I mean, look, you're the backup goaltender and it's not easy, right? He hasn't played in 16 days. I don't think since his last game at the end of December. So it's not, it's not an easy thing to be a backup goaltender, but you know, like I said, the problem is you're not looking very good and you're not instilling a lot of confidence in your team based on the way you're playing. And and I'm sorry, that goal shouldn't have gone in. So in my, in, 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 because it's a killer, really, because you've got a 4-2 lead and now suddenly it's 4-3 and you're like, well, this, this, is, this isn't, uh, um, you know, because you've just been there. You've just yeah. been there in this first period. <laughs> you so were. you're sitting there going, well, it's not as if we just didn't see this 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 movie, you know, 25 minutes ago. So it, it makes you a little nervous because, again, like I said, it's not like it was a screen. It's mm-hmm. not as if it was a tip or a redirection. It was a shot from, what, 20 feet out? So and it was a great shot, but you don't want to get yeah, good you don't shot, want to get the clean been... short short side right. or, or yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. You can you can you can say both. You can say it's a great goal, yeah, and and say that it's not a great not a great uh, uh, performance or by by Riddick on that play. You can say both because both I think would apply that it takes a world class it's a world class shot that has to beat him, but at the same time you don't want uh, to get to give up that goal in that instance. Canucks tie it up again. I mean, holy moly, there's a lot of goals in this game, as you can tell as we keep going here on the Betway game recap. Uh, and this one is uh, Sheldon Dries, his fifth of the year. He comes on the power play at the 926 mark. Personally, I like when any uh, NHL player named Sheldon scores. That's my dad's name. Uh, JT Miller, and it's not a name you hear very often nowadays, to be perfectly honest as well. Uh, JT Miller gets the assist. Connor Garland gets the secondary assist. Uh, it's a great play by Miller. Uh, who you know finds Dries all alone in, in the slot, and Dries with the great redirection past uh, David Riddick. It's you know when it's a set play on the power play, and the Canucks uh, tee it up to perfection here to tie it up at four all uh, just before the halfway mark of the second period. Dave, yeah, and this one I don't really blame on Riddick because no. that that's just it's just a nice redirection by Dries, and I'm pretty sure I was going to say like I know he's only played two games for the Canucks, the Abbotsford Canucks this season, but I could have sworn they were against the Moose. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, it, it was, it was a nice, it was a nice redirection. And so you're going to give him credit uh, on that. And you, you know, if you're a Jets team, you're sitting there going, well, you know, they, they had the four game win streak and uh, maybe the Canucks were the team because mm-hmm. what have we talked about, Drew, the, the Jets haven't this year. They have not this year played down to their opponents. They haven't, they've been able to make sure that they've won the games they should win. Right. And the Jets are back to being a team now that they're playing against teams that you say, okay, because for a lot of times, especially last year, we'd say this and we'd be like, but the Jets aren't really a team that should be beating anyone because they're not playing like a very good team. So, you know, we'd, you'd see the Jets lose to Phoenix or Arizona, sorry. And and the reality is it's like you're, you'd lose to them, but then you'd say, well, does, does is Arizona really that much worse than Winnipeg based on the standings? They, of course, are a terrible hockey team. Right. There's a lot of terrible hockey teams for the record. I went to look at the San Jose Sharks uh, lineup yesterday <laughs> and I'm not joking. I thought that was like an AHL roster. Was, was it, AC it, Mon playing first line? No, he didn't actually play. That's the yeah. funny part. He was actually, I think he dressed, but I don't think he actually played. But I uh, honestly, I went through it. I was like, I cannot believe that that that's an NHL roster. Anyways, I digress. Yes, you do. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it's a situation for the Jets that you needed a bit of a punch in the face because they're they're they were loose again, and and they're not. They're not playing tight, and, and as a result, suddenly a, a game that, again, they had taken command over in the second period, even though, again, it wasn't like they were dominating, but they had, they had taken it through the score, of course, is now suddenly a tie game. 
Yeah, exactly right. And it's 4-4 at this point in time as they go back and forth with uh, two goals aside. And the Jets, this one's a killer, I think, for Vancouver because I think they weren't the same team to start the third period. Lot, right. uh, you know, After it's 4-all, so the, the Canucks tie it up at the 9-26 mark. And then it sort of a, becomes a bit of a normal hockey game, back and forth for a little bit, neither team with what I would describe as any glorious uh, chances or anything. And this doesn't appear like it's going to be a glorious chance either. And it's Axel Janssen Fialbi, you know, getting his third of the season. I think I heard on the broadcast his first in ten games, and this is also a great shot by by Janssen Fialbi. Uh, Sam Gagne and Neil Pionk with the assists. Uh, it's a clean zone entry. Gagne, you know, has got the puck. He sort of slows it down. He finds Axel Janssen Fialbi with the cross ice pass, and he comes in and he uses Luke Shen expertly as a screen, and he puts it right between Shen's legs. And he, so it almost ricochets off of the helmet of the new goaltender for the Canucks, Spencer Martin, in the game uh, as Delia was pulled after the 4-2 goal by the Jets. And it's a great shot by Janssen Fialbi uh, using Shen as the screen, as I said, uh, to give the Jets the 3-2 lead, this coming at the 18-17 mark of the second period. And that's how the 40 minutes ended with the Jets with that uh, 5-4 lead, not 3-2 lead, 5-4 lead. 3-2 in the second period were the goals, 5-4 overall for the first 40 minutes. Yeah, and it's a critically important goal for the Winnipeg Jets because you've just given up, again, your second goal lead of the second two-goal lead of the game. And and to go into the third period, well, you, you're not feeling good about yourself because you haven't played, uh, you know, a particularly strong game, and you know the goaltending hasn't been significant for your team, mm-hmm. at least, and well for either team, of course, neither team put on a particularly good clinic. So, and you're right, Drew, the Jets needed to take advantage of the fact that Spencer Martin now was in net for Colin Delia, who had been pulled after the fourth Jets goal, and and the Canucks could have had a little bit of life, right? They've got the two goals. Their goaltender is now making some stops and saying, yeah, had he made that and continue to do that going into the third. But instead, the Jets are the ones who get the boost and the Jets are the ones who get the crowd into the end of the second period, excited about the fact that their team now is up. And it's a huge goal for Axel Janssen-Fielbe because mm-hmm. we've been talking about you can't just be fast, right? And it was funny because uh, in the first period, Axel Janssen-Fielbe, which I just like saying his name, Axel yeah. Janssen-Fielbe, <laughs> but he had lost his stick and I don't, the training, he had lost his stick on the, on the, near the boards in the corner and the training staff wouldn't have seen it from their angle. So he comes back to the bench and no one even realized, like usually the trainers are like so quick to grab it and get, mm-hmm. grab his replacement stick, give it to him. And he had already gotten to the back of the bench and they realized, oh, well, he doesn't have his stick. And I was like, but does anybody really notice when Axel Janssen PLB <laughs> well, doesn't have his stick? That's what we've been saying for the last I know, that's while. my whole point. Yeah. So I was saying that that's, it's ironic given that, you know, you've been, we've been thinking that. And yet here he is, he contributes. And that's what you want. Again, you want your entire team to contribute because you can't just rely on the one line, which as we talked about is, you know, and we're going to talk about the third period Mm -hmm. was dominant, but you know, to be able to get the role players feeling good about themselves and contributing, well, that's massive for the jets. And and to be able to go into that second intermission up five, four was huge for the psyche. Yeah, exactly right. And that's where it was uh, at that point. After 40 minutes, it was 5-4 for the Winnipeg Jets. We say for all those who have just joined us or recently joining us, good afternoon and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. This is the Betway Game Recap, talking about the Jets' 7-4 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Tons of goals, 11 in total to be talked about during today's uh, game. So we hope you're enjoying the game recap. The second, the third period, Dave, starts with the Jets actually taking an early penalty and a rare 
entire game, the Jets did not get one power play. All three yeah. penalties were taken by the Winnipeg Jets. Remember, the Canucks have the worst penalty kill in the league, so they gave up seven goals in today's game, six of them at even strength and one shorthanded. The Jets weren't even able to capitalize against that terrible uh, Canucks uh, penalty kill. Uh, and this one's important. Before we get to the what proves to be the 6-4 goal for the Jets, we want to talk about the Nikolai Ehlers takes a tripping penalty, and Vancouver's mm-hmm. had some success on the power play already today. Right. So this is a very important penalty kill for the Winnipeg Jets, up only a goal early in the third period, and not only do they successfully kill the penalty, but they score a shorthanded goal to boot, and it's Dylan DeMello, his second of the season, assist to Axel Janssen Fialbi, goal and an assist for AJF in today's game, because he had a real strong effort, and Dylan Sandberg also gets the assist on this one. You know, uh, it's a great play by by Axel Janssen-Fialbi to take it up the ice. And it looks like it's going to be a two-on-one with him and with um, uh, Adam Lowry. The Mm -hmm. Canucks hustle back and they make it a two-on-two play. But Dylan DeMello, the trailer, always the most dangerous player in in this instance, or oftentimes a dangerous player. Janssen-Fialbi with a great drop pass to Dylan DeMello who comes in and he's in a prime scoring area and you don't necessarily think prime scoring area and Dylan DeMello go hand in hand but he makes no mistake on this one wiring it past Spencer Martin to give the Jets the 6-4 lead and that's an absolute killer because the Canucks think they're going to have an opportunity to tie the game they think they're going to they're on the power play we're going to score it's going to be five all well hold your horses instead it becomes 6-4 for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, you're right, Drew, and and it's it's a critically important play. And and uh, Kevin Sorry said on the broadcast that the the Jets bench was very vocal. So as mm-hmm. Johnson Vialbi flew uh, by, they they made sure he knew that that Demello was there as the trailer. Maybe not specifically Dylan Demello was there, but just right. that the trailer was coming. So uh, look, Dylan Demello, the man who now has two goals on the season, not something he's done a lot of. I, I detailed it on Twitter. He has two goals in 35 games for the Jets this season. He had one goal in his previous 187 games, for which accounted for the three seasons prior to this one. And interestingly enough, in his three goals that he has between this year and last year, so two and one, two of those three are shorthanded goals. So uh, kind of unusual, not really what you'd expect from Dylan DeMello, but Look, I don't think anybody's going to complain. And it's another instance of what Rick Bonus wants, which is his back end to not be afraid to jump in and, and try and make a play if they see an opportunity. And that's exactly what Dylan DeMello did. And it was a, you're right, it's a critically important goal because the Jets are, are able – I mean, look at Nikolai Ehlers. You could see the face, the, the, the reaction of him in the, in, the, in the penalty box, knowing that, you're right, a, a game that easily could have been 5-5 is now suddenly 6-4 – and it appeared to put the Jets into a kind of a cruise control at that moment. Yeah, exactly right. And then the Jets, a little bit of icing on the cake after they kill off another penalty. Morgan Barron took a tripping penalty uh, with uh, just under uh, 10 minutes to go in the game. But Kyle Connor, you knew he was feeling it. You knew he was close. You almost thought he was going to get the natural hat trick in the first period. Yes. Uh, but well, Andrew, sorry, we didn't even detail it. He had a lot of chances to do that. Yeah, he had he had a, a chance in the first period to to put it past Delia, and then he had a chance in the second period. So you're like, that's why I said he could have easily had a five goal game. 
Exactly right. And he doesn't quite get a five goal game, but he does get the hat trick. It's the at 1342 of the third period. Connor, his 20th. Hard to believe he's already at 20 given the struggles that he had earlier in the year. Ehlers gets the primary assist, but it's Pierre-Luc Dubois who really makes the play that mm-hmm. leads to the goal. He forces the turnover on Elias Pettersson. Turnabout is fair play after it was Pettersson who forced the turnover on uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois for the Canucks' first goal of the game. Uh, he forces the turnover. The puck comes to Ehlers. Ehlers to Connor. Again, alone in the slot. Bad things happen to the opposition when, when you leave Kyle Connor alone in the slot. And it's 7-4 for the Winnipeg Jets and with that goal the Winnipeg Jets outscored the New York Jets who played against the Miami Dolphins earlier today the New York Jets only got six points the Winnipeg Jets with their seventh goal and it's a 7-4 final for the Jets the Jets improved to 26-13-1 on the regular season and 16 and 6 at home which is uh right up at the upper echelon of home records alongside with just trailing the Boston Bruins and right there with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning who also have tremendous home records Dave. Yeah and and look Kyle Connor you could just feel that it was uh going to be that kind of game for him like we we saw it in the second and I mean the first story and then a uh, number of opportunities in the first and second period to add to that and you could see, I mean, like I said, I'm actually shocked. He, he only has mm-hmm. four hat tricks in his career, given how many goals he has as a Winnipeg jet. Now I think 197. So he's approaching that 200 goal milestone, which he probably will achieve on this three game road trip out East. But I mean, it's just what, a, what, a, what a kind of feather in the cap for that line, right? Pierre-Luc Dubois ends up with four assists yeah. on the night. He's on pace for, his career high for assists is 34. He had it with Columbus. 32, I think, was what he had last year with the Jets. 34 is his career high. He's, <laughs> he's on pace 28 for 28 already. <laughs> yeah, he's on pace for almost 60. Yeah. So, I mean, like Pierre-Luc Dubois is on pace for 60 assists. I mean, it's 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 rather insane what we're seeing. And, and you know, someone tweeted at me, and I agree. Like, a lot of these guys are on pace for career years, right? Like, you got Mark Shifley on pace for career number of goals. Pierre-Luc Dubois, points, assists. Kyle Connor assists points like it, it, Josh Morrissey, obviously. So all of the Jets are 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 performing, and the big boys are performing. And and when you have that's the beauty of when you have a line that's as dominant as Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers, that you can afford to have Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler. And look, Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler had chances. I mean, there was a beautiful two on one that Braden Chen uh, um, uh, blocked in the in the uh, third period. Was it third period, Drew? It, I I can't recall. Exactly. It was a two on one. It was, it was a two. It was a two on one, and, right. and he and he dove across and he prevented the the pass mm-hmm. from Shifley, which would have just been a tap in for for Wheeler. Right. So there were there were there were some opportunities for that line. But what I'm suggesting is that when the line is playing as well as they are, the the Dubois line, mm-hmm. that you can afford to have that that Shifley line still kind of relearning their steps and still kind of getting back into the flow of the game because it's not going to be easy for Blake Wheeler who missed, you know, a significant period of time and Cole Perfetti who also has missed a significant period of time. So I think what it's one of those situations where when you have that, the first line, let's call it the second line, not going as much. And even now the third line going and getting contributions from the line, it's a, it's a, it's a recipe for success for this Jets club. 
It certainly is a recipe for success, and success is what the Jets have had as of late. Winners of five in a row. They end the homestand with a perfect record, and they head out east to Detroit on Tuesday, where eight of their next nine games will be on the road. So not necessarily against the best teams in the league, but eight out of nine on the road is never easy. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, maybe some difficult times uh, some difficult games or some road-weary games, at least, for the Winnipeg Jets are ahead uh, over the next couple of weeks. That is the Betway game recap, courtesy, of course, of our friends at Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway, so head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years old to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about tonight's game. We'll read some of the post-game comments that are coming from the Jets dressing room. And, of course, contest time. Unique code word hardest hitting comment we'll do a giveaway of some jets gear all that still to come i know we know the contest link isn't quite working we're going to get it fixed right away when we take these commercial messages hang tight drumendale dave manuk sunday evening you're watching the illegal curve post game show we're live on youtube and all of our social media platforms Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. 
all, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. We're back. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you on this Sunday evening. After tonight, we're next in action on Tuesday after the Jets and the Red Wings. I believe that's a 6 o'clock Central time start. Dave's nodding at me, which means post-game will be right around 8.45 Central on Tuesday night as the Jets head out for a bit of an East Coast road trip uh, mixed in with a trip back to Winnipeg for one game and a little bit of time in Nashville uh, on the road trip uh, over the next couple of weeks. But a lot of East Coast start times over the next little bit. Jets 7-4 victors over the Vancouver Canucks in this afternoon's contest, ending the season series with a perfect three wins, zero losses against the team from Western Canada or the West Coast of Canada, to be more specific. Here's a comment from Rick Bonus, Jets head coach. Uh, after said that Rick Bonus said this is courtesy of Murata Tesh of the Athletic. Rick Bonus said that Winnipeg's old game quote showed today, particularly after going up two nothing. Here's the specific quote. We got burned, and that's just some harsh reminders out there today about when you get away from our game. Continuing on, you saw the team that we wanted to be in the first 11 minutes of the first period, and that's how we want to play. They only had a couple of shots on net. That's how we want to play. Then we stopped playing that way for nine minutes, and all of a sudden, they're back in the game. And he's exactly right because that uh, back half of the second period for, pardon me, of the first period for the Winnipeg Jets was certainly nothing to write home about, nothing to enjoy. But I will give the Jets credit. Obviously, you got credit for a 7-4 victory. But I'll give them credit for being by far the better of the two teams in the third period when it counted the most. In that third period, the Jets were clicking on all cylinders, particularly the penalty kill getting the job done. Adam Lowry with that great shot block that definitely stung him. As you could oh, see, yeah. he was having trouble sort of shaking, get, shaking that hand out, getting some feeling back in that hand. But the Jets, when you get two goals in the third period and one of them being shorthanded and they do a good job of neutralizing the opponent and David Riddick doing a good job of making his best saves of the game, uh, they, they stepped up when they needed to the most in that third period to bring home the 7-4 victory, Dave. Yeah, that's uh, and you needed Riddich to step up and be better in the third period. He did, so that's uh, huge. And for Phyllis, I put on the Illegal Curve hoodie, the 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 one I'm wearing in the Grid Park app, so people could feel like the Grid Park app is happening right now. Drew, we're doing a live a live read, although you're not wearing you're where you were. I'm not where I am. That would wouldn't that have been something if somehow I I came back we came back from commercial break and I'm sitting in my car wearing the hoodie 
and uh, re, you know, reprising the uh, Grid Park commercial for everyone. But uh, you have to give me a actually, heads up. You have to give me a little bit of a lead time in order to pull this off. I didn't yes. realize what was happening. You know, you gotta you gotta loop me into your well, genius Drew, uh, at work some, there, my sometimes, friend. Sometimes sometimes it just the inspiration hits me late, and I I just kind of go with it. So I think we yeah. only had about a com- one and a half le- commercials left before I before I threw this thing on. But look, it's it's at the end of the day, it's not a great win. Right, it's it's a it's a win, and you feel good about yourself because you pit, you know piled on seven goals against the Vancouver Canucks, um, who aren't a particularly good hockey team and shouldn't be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know you did some good things, and and again, you have to have a lot of um, latitude. I've used that word a number of times already throughout the course of this broadcast, but I think it's true. I think you have to have a lot of latitude for the number of players that are working their way back into game shape. Because I, I don't know who was it who it was yesterday. I don't know if it was Craig Button or someone else, but they just talked about how long it does take for these guys, especially some older players like Blake Wheeler, to get back into that rhythm and be in, you know, you can't ask Nikolai Ehlers, oh, Drew, come on, be in the chat, be blocking. You got to be blocking right now, Drew. I'm blocking. Oh, I'm talking and blocking. I'm okay, talking and blocking. I, I, I jumped over to a different part of the chat yes. that I, only I can see to yes. get ready for the uh, tough doc hardest hitting comment. I didn't realize that your girlfriend showed up uh, to 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 uh, you know to give you some lovings. She did, I guess, apparently. But anywho, um, which which I don't know what. Hold on, Captain Skittles is having a problem with the website. I don't know which website he's talking about. Hopefully, it's not illegalcurve.com. Hopefully, it's the the Gleam one. But it, it you should be able to just go. To illegalcurve.com, check the uh, pregame report, check the postgame recap, check the morning papers. There's almost always a link to mm-hmm. the contest. So for anybody who's curious, we'll get into that in a few minutes, but when we finish up the game the game story. But like I said, you're, if you're a Jets club, that, that's, you know, you know Connor Hellebuck is going to play in his home state of, of Michigan on uh, Tuesday against the Red Wings. And then, yeah. uh, you know, they'll split the Buffalo and Pittsburgh uh, back-to-back. But... Look, I, I think you're you're happy with this where the Jets club is, right? I mean, you're coming to the midway point of the. Who would have anticipated? Like I thought, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought the Jets were a playoff team. So I'm not I'm not shocked that the Jets are a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. I don't know anybody who had the Jets being this good of a team at this point of the season. And look, mm-hmm. lots can happen. But I mean, like like I said, this team could could go 500 the rest of the year and mm-hmm. they'd be fine. Well, but the re- I mean, Tuesday night is the halfway point of the season. Right. And yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. And so they, yeah. so you've got the halfway point of the season with the record that the Jets have accumulated through through 40 games already. <laughs> it's it's significant. It's not, not, not an insignificant thing for a Jets club. So, um, you know, and like we've talked about, Drew, that ran it back, largely ran the same, same group, same players, same everything, except for the coaching staff. And we're seeing the, how big an impact that's happening, happening, not just in Winnipeg, but in all sorts of places, Boston, Dallas, Vegas, yeah. like all of the places new that have coaches. new coaches are all having a, a significant amount of success this year. So um, it'll be, you know, a lot of things Rick Bonus said, and that's the beauty of Rick Bonus. Doesn't sugarcoat it. Doesn't say, oh yeah, I loved our game tonight. You know, <laughs> I loved, I loved giving up two, two goal leads throughout the court through 40 minutes of a hockey game. He said, we got away from the things that made us successful and we're going to have to work on that. So you like to hear that from the, you hear, like to hear that honesty from the coach and you know that the players while happy to have picked up a win, their fifth straight, they know that they have to be better when they head out on the road. 
Absolutely. Time for the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. This go we give this away after each and every post game show or as part of each and every post game show to any sort of comment that either I like or Ezzy likes. You know, maybe it's Jets related. Sometimes it's not really whatever uh, goes through my mind. Today's hardest hitting comment goes to KG3. This is from earlier in the show talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois, talking about the talented players he plays with in Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. And uh, I'm sure KG3 that uh, this would be music to the ears of the Jets front office. Where else is Pierre-Luc Dubois going to go play where he is on a line with the talent of a Kyle Connor? and Nikolai Ehlers. And I'm sure the Jets management certainly hopes that he eventually sees it through that lens as well, because uh, that line made some beautiful music today for the Winnipeg Jets, combining for 10 points, four assists for Dubois, the hat trick for Kyle Connor, and of course, a goal and two assists for Nikolai Ehlers to give as part of the Jets 7-4 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. So KG3, Send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com. Send me your mailing address, or you can slide into my DMs at IC Drew, and our friends at Tough Duck will send you out a toque as part of your winnings for being tonight's Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Good for you, KG3. Dave, Illegal Curve yes. Merchandise Contest. The link is fixed. Sorry, folks, my fault. Link is fixed. Uh, just click on the link. It's in the show description on the YouTube channel. You might have to refresh, but do that after. Or go to our website, IllegalCurve.com, and you can, of course, uh, click on the link in basically any article we have posted on the website. It'll take you to the contest page where you can do a whole number of different things to earn entries uh, to the Illegal Curve contest and win great merchandise. And, of course, one of those things is the unique code word. Dave M., what is the unique code word for today's contest? Well, unfortunately, one person did guess it. Oh, Frosty. dear. Frosty was able to guess it. Yes, you're going to yes. you're gonna have to start going outside of Vancouver. You're going to have to like start using. I am outside of Vancouver. Okay. It was outside of Vancouver. I don't know where this place is. I'm not familiar with my it's Vancouver very, landmarks. No, I, will, I will say it's not very far outside of Vancouver. This is one okay. of the reasons why I love it. But I thought it was a bit obscure because it is. You can put it up on the, on the board, Drew. Sure. Lynn Canyon. Now, if anybody's been who's familiar with Vancouver and knows, of course. Are you sure she's not one of the porn stars who keeps coming in as a bot? <laughs> there you go. Look, look at Frosty. So so aggressive. He even posted in the chat now that he now that it's been revealed. But anyways, so Lynn Canyon, an incredibly gorgeous uh, place. It's got one of those suspension bridges in uh, in just outside, about 15 minutes outside of Vancouver. And of course, it's the one that the that folks a lot of people go what's the other one um what's the one that everybody knows about they the, study uh is it Casp caspolano or no kitsilano kitsilano i've been to vancouver I, I something like that uh yeah, i've only been to vancouver a couple times that's the one you study in that's the one that they study in psychology in, in first year I thought, university see, frosty winnipeg is saying capilano i thought i was right oh maybe it's a capital yeah capital kitsilano oh, kitsilano is a kitsilano is the uh never mind kitsilano is an area in vancouver it's not it's not kitsilano it's capilano Thank there you. we go i got that Sorry. right Sorry, but that's the one that they they study in in first year psychology because that's the longest. I think it's the longest uh, suspension bridge. But anyways, nothing that has nothing on the Surus suspension bridge in uh, central Manitoba. People know what I'm talking about. Those who live near Brandon. But so the unique code word is Lynn Canyon. Great little uh, great little place just outside of Vancouver. One of the coolest things about Vancouver is you can be downtown and then 15 minutes later in the mountains hiking. So good times to go to Lynn Canyon. I've had many a good hike down there. So. For all of you who want to uh, 
enter, go ahead. Lynn Canyon is the word. That's right. And so if the link's not working for you, just, you know, you might have to refresh the YouTube uh, right. page, refresh the YouTube channel, but do that after the show. You, oh, you Matthew Tom. Drew Matthew Thompson's correcting us. It's Capo Bianco Bridge. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, it was named after Kyle, of course. Uh, you know, uh, for his or Kevin, efforts. if you're listening to Sportsnet. Okay, <laughs> Kevin, Kyle doesn't matter. They're almost the same. They're almost the same person, according to our good friends there. Uh, let's uh, go with, of course, the winner. Who's the mo- latest winner of the merchandise contest? Put their name on the board. I'll say their name out loud. There you go, Glenn Howard. The Glenn Howard. What? The curler. Well, I don't know. He's he lives in Toronto, so I mean it's possible that uh well, that it's Howard, curler. The curler we used to they did curl out of uh, Ontario, so it's possible, I suppose. I don't I don't know. I am not sure, but I know Glenn Howard's often in the chat and I know Glenn is a loyal uh IC follower, doesn't live in Manitoba, but is a big Jets fan, and uh Glenn Howard is the winner of the IC merch. So congratulations to Glenn. There you go. Dave M will be in touch with Glenn to uh, give him his prize for winning the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. And remember, folks, at the end of the month, the last contest uh, at the end of the month is going to be tickets to an upcoming NHL game. Your entries are all compi- uh, you know, accumulating. The more you enter, the more you're going to have a chance to win. You know, So keep doing those tasks. Keep doing everything uh, that you need to do in order to uh there he is hold on there Drew. he is right there wait yep. what i win yes you do glenapeg jets apparently glenapeg jets is also uh glenn howard i can confirm that is that is his username okay there you go so congratulations to glenn howard the winner of the merchandise contest just you know keep refreshing the contest page folks it will work we promise or go through illegalcurve.com and click the link there uh this is my bad i apologize i hope you all will forgive me for my being derelict in my duties on this evening's uh contest but uh you know it'll be back to normal as per usual it's already back to normal but it'll be back to normal even more on tuesday when the jets meet the detroit red wings drew just quickly that's Motor that's very City. interesting I didn't realize that the uh, that the Jets all five of their hat tricks were at home. They, well, would no this year? You mean? That's, well, yeah, obviously this year. Okay, no, I was like, what total. are you talking about? Like, you forget Liney had Never. five goals on the road. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about like I'm talking about like uh, this season. That but the, of the five hat tricks they've had, it's uh, impressive that all five have come at home. But of course, it's not surprising given the fact that they've won 16 games in Winnipeg. So uh, it's quite a quite an interesting little little addition to the uh, to the. The knowledge we tried to pass along here on IllegalCurve.com, Illegal Curve Post Game Show, Illegal Curve Hockey Show. There you go. So Tuesday night, the Jets and the Red Wings will be next in action. Then the Jets victorious tonight, 7-4 over Vancouver, improved to 26-13-1 in the regular season. Of course, want to say a big thank you to all the sponsors, Frosty Winnipeg, get ready. All the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make this the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Rumors, Restaurant, and Comedy Club. If you're looking for something to do tonight, a very special show. Add Rumors tonight. They're not usually open on Sundays, but Kelly Taylor, the pride of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, is in town and he's doing a dirty show. So maybe not for the little kids, not that any of the comedy shows are necessarily for the little kids, but if you're looking for something to do tonight, Rumors has a special Sunday show, a dirty show featuring Kelly Taylor. I happen to know that Kelly was at the Jets game this afternoon, so he's probably got some thoughts about that. Kelly, a huge hockey fan has performed for basically all the different NHL teams has performed in NHL dressing rooms. So if you're looking for something to do, like I said, rumorscomedyclub.com to see Kelly tonight, starting in about just under two hours time. 
our friends at Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway. They're the official title sponsor of the post-game show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza Seagrams, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. Tuesday, 8.45, put it in your calendars. Come back here to our YouTube channel. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash the like button. You can always set a reminder on each show. Set a reminder so you remember to come back and join us for the post-game shows. If you haven't already done so as well, leave us some feedback on our Apple iTunes page. And tell your friends, tell your family the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And again, on Saturday mornings is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For Dave Manuk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great Sunday. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show, live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.